Welcome to the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. I'm your host, Will Bradley, and today's guest is Paul Lewis. Paul and I sat down and had a great conversation about hunting and fishing and how he got started in his company, FHF Gear, which makes really cool bino harnesses, muffs, and fly fishing chest packs. And they're also working on some other cool gear and how he got into it. What's his process as an entrepreneur to make things go ahead smoothly. And he's a really great guy. It was a lot of fun to sit down and talk to him. So listen, I hope you enjoy. Please check him out over at FHF Gear on Instagram or visit their website. And go ahead and enjoy the show. If you are ready to take the hard road, the road less traveled. The path in life where the journey is more important than the destination. Then you are in the right place. Prepare to live with vigor. This is the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. Welcome to the show, Paul Lewis. Paul is the owner and designer of Fish Hunt Fight, also known as FHF Gear. If you are into the hunting scene, you have most likely seen one of their gear bino harness packs on somebody. I will guarantee it. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Appreciate the invite. You're welcome. Even though I got tripped up a little bit there in the beginning, I am super glad to have you on. It's all right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those that uh, I think I came up with the name a little before... Uh, I had a chance to test it out. Nobody can say it. <laughs> I like fish hunt fight. Where where does the name come from? Uh, well, you know, when I first started, I was just doing custom work in my basement and doing kind of the things that intrigued me. Um, I like to fish. I like to hunt. And all my hunting partners needed gear. And then uh, I'm also uh, still full-time law enforcement. So I'm on our SWAT team here. We have a part-time team and teammates were wanting gear. So started making tactical gear and honestly i had a hard time coming up with a name fish hunt tactical sounded funny so fish hunt fight is what stuck <laughs> fish hunt fight does sound a lot better than fish hunt tactical <laughs> yeah i thought so too plus uh plus everybody has some tactical thing in their name and quite honestly being in bozeman here um the hunting hunting side of things is really what's taken off so we're our, our tactical Selection's pretty limited at the moment. And are you sewing these yourselves, or how did that get going? Uh, I was when I first started. I, Like I said, it was all custom work and really didn't expect it to go anything. It was something I did in my spare time. And, and uh, you know, I, I sewed things and one at a time in the basement. And as things got popular, I realized I couldn't keep up. So... I uh, started outsourcing to a, a group that does uh, the sewing for me. And, you know, really when I first started, it was ordering a few here and there. And now we're to a point where we have a heck of a time keeping things in stock and, you know, try to try to order out ahead of time. And it's all made in the U.S., but I am not, not hardly sewing anything anymore myself. So just the design work and, you know, get it sent off and, and produced for me. That's pretty awesome. And how how big is the company so people can get an idea? 
Uh, it's still just me. Uh, my fiance Jen works here for me full time, and she she just quit her day job probably three months ago. So we still pack every box ourselves, and and she I mean honestly she really runs the day to day things and does most of the work here. Um, with the goal of me trying to get back to designing for a long time, we both had day jobs, and you know we pack orders and answer emails till one o'clock in the morning every night get up, go to work and, and hit it again. But now that she's here, things have really kind of started to shape up a little better. And, and hopefully I can get back into increasing the uh, product line and, and kind of tweaking some things, you know, that may, may need tweaking over the time. So we're small enough. It's nice that I can do uh, production runs and make small changes in products pretty quickly because uh, we're like I said we're low volume production here in the states so I can just call up and say hey let's add this or change that or tweak this a little bit and the next run will come in you know a little better hopefully so and what's been your favorite piece of gear you've designed so far you know well the favorite so far is is well, that's a hard question I guess what sells the best is that bino harness um, so that's a favorite on some levels um when i first started you know probably the favorites of one of the first things i made was a, a hand muff for tactical applications just because it was one of those things i you know we're out standing in the cold we're in montana so uh, wearing a vest and all the gear you can't really get to your pockets and and that kind of took off on me sold a bunch to military groups and and uh it's just a hand muff and then hunters started wanting it and we kind of tweaked that over the years and you know it's made out of primaloft and really warm and the gear i've designed i i hope to design things that are functional and not necessarily look pretty and and that's kind of one of the most functional easy products i've made and has sold well and it's you know an honor for me to be able to send them send them to some of these special operations groups and you know several hundred at a time sometimes. And so that's, that's kind of probably for those reasons, my favorite. And how long uh, have you guys been in business? Started basically doing the custom work in late 2009, maybe early 2009. Really, I wouldn't call it a business then. It was just, like I said, doing custom stuff in my house. And it's hard for me to say when I, it just kind of gradually happened since then, you know, I, it got busier and busier and busier and, and, you know, for the last six years, at least it's been, it's been steady. I, you know, I don't have time. That's one of the hard parts of this job is, you know, being that, especially that I have two jobs, I used to hunt all the time. And now I find myself having a hard time getting out of one office or the other. So, you know, I'd say probably 2011, it really got to the point where I realized this was going to, be able to make some money and maybe help me in transition into retirement from the day job and make this a real, real thing. And, and it's definitely taken off. So it's been great. One of your pieces of gear that really caught my eye was actually the fishing chest rig. How did that come about? Yep. Uh, same thing. It was uh, me. Usually when I backpack into like a high mountain lake or something, I'm trying to figure out how to, jam a fly vest and all that crap hanging off of it into a backpack and then if i want to stop and fish on the way i gotta dig all that stuff out 
uh, for a while there, I was throwing fly boxes in an empty bino harness, but it just, it wasn't great. So I came up with that, uh, with the idea that I could basically modify it and use it for different waters and rides high on the chest. It stays out of the way of a backpack. And it's just been one of those things that, you know, I use it all the time, but it originally was designed for the high mountain lake fishing and, you know, little streams around where I live, but it's just one of those things that people seem to like and it, it definitely has its uh limitations as far as size you can't it's not like the traditional fly vest where you got pockets everywhere and feels like you're wearing a life preserver all the time it's but it stays slim and easy and that's kind of how that came about yeah that's kind of my feeling is similar with packing a vest and anytime you pack a vest, I feel like the webbing, you know, the mesh always gets caught on something and then it becomes a pain in the butt and it's, it ends up being more of a nuisance than a help. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, the idea is to keep it simple and I kind of pack the boxes that I know I'm going to need. So I limit what I carry and it's kind of been liberating to do that. And quite honestly, when I originally designed that, I'm not the best fly caster so you know i got fly line tangled and everything i can tangle it on and most of those big vests you know used to carry a, a big big name vest and it's got all the fancy gadgets hanging off of it and i end up with a loop of fly line around it every time it got windy so this was kind of designed to just stay stay slim and low profile and not catch on anything and so far i think it's it's worked out pretty well and i noticed one of the descriptions about the company is you want the gear to be modular is there any parts you've thought of adding to maybe the chest rig in particular uh the fishing one or the bino harness uh let's go with both i guess it'd be start with either yeah well uh there's quite a few ideas i've had um some of those are in on the on the drawing board or on paper uh but you know i've done quite a few adding a real simple uh, hydration style pack to the back of it uh, I, I did the shoulder pads that will probably kind of be incorporated into a system like that. And then some general purpose pockets. You get people that want to add more and more to the harness. And quite honestly, I usually tell them, you know, this one was designed to be slim and, and low profile and not be too complicated. I didn't want to wear a a big pack on the front of me. Um, so I've, you know, I've posted pictures of everything you can attach to it from GPS, rangefinders, bear sprays, you know, I have a holster you can attach right underneath. Um, I've got a couple different ideas as far as shell holders and kind of general purpose pockets you can attach, you know, for those guys that do want to carry a rangefinder or something up there with them. Uh, we're, we're playing with a few material changes. Uh, I don't have those. We're working on some laser cutters to get some of that stuff done. So, um, you know, those aren't in the new ones yet, but we're working on some ideas to try and change that and incorporate a little different hardware to help the closure system get a little more high tech and more user friendly. So those are some of the changes. Uh, Fishing rig, I have quite a few ideas specifically with organizers, all the organizer pockets in there are Velcro so they can you come in and out and it just hasn't, I haven't found the time to go back and design extras, you know, different holster ideas or even potentially putting in because the pack could be used anytime you know, for a scouting trip or mm-hmm. it doesn't 
it has to be a fishing trip. So, you know, we've played with the idea of making some organizers to go in there for different GPS pockets, um, you know, small sets of binoculars, uh, you know, just want to have on a scouting trip, even first aid kits. But like I said, I just haven't had the time to sit down and make all that stuff happen. And do you have like a, a baby, one of those you favorite more over the other, whether it's the chest rig or the bino harness? Um, you know, my bino harness goes out with me every time I leave the house. So, uh, it's just kind of the, that's my go-to. I always have my tags in it, my range finder, you know, if I'm going to shoot, it's just, it's so versatile for me because, you know, horn hunting season, I'll put my rhino or GPS pouch on the side of it and carry it, carry it around in both season. I don't like it that bulky. So I'll drop that to a belt and then just carry the range finder there. You know, it's, that's kind of the the one I probably wear the most and use the most and just, you know, that's where I know if I'm looking for my fishing license, it's probably in my bino harness from from just being outside. So that's, that's probably the one I would say I'd baby if, if uh, I have one. And you, you mentioned you're going to be messing with some different material stuff. What kind of things can people expect there? Um, You know, a little different, uh, softer, more stretchy material for some of the pockets is my hope. And then uh, give give people a little more security and a little more room. Uh, we'll playing with the idea of some laser cut fabric for or, you know decreasing the weight, more attachment points. So right off the top of my head, that's kind of where we're going with. We'll be changing the colors around a little bit as well as we do that uh, because that stretchy material is typically you can find it in solid colors. So um, we'll change kind of the color arrangement so to speak so the guys that it's funny some guys love the two-tone that it is now and some hate it they want full camo or they want a solid color and i can't please everybody so we're gonna try and tweak it a little bit and be more of a solid color with just smaller patches of that two-tone color so i like a little bit of the two-tone breaks things up yeah i think so too when we went to that you know originally that was designed to create a place to put a small mouth call or something in but it also was a way to hide the tag ends of all the the, we use a adjustment system it's pretty low tech just tie a knot however tight you want it like i said that's one of the things i'm playing with uh, tweaking a little bit but it allows you to hide the tag ends and one of the things that's always drives me nuts when i see them in, in pictures is people tighten that loop up real tight and leave six inches of cord hanging out on each side looks like cat whiskers but um, it's uh, one of those things that every time I see them in the wood, they cut them off and, and burn them, and then tell uh, tell people if they need longer cord, they can they can call me. So <laughs> just just snipping people's cords off on them. <laughs> yeah, well, they got my number. That cord's cheap, and guys are. And I understand guys are not wanting to cut tag ends of webbing and stuff. I try to make them long so they're versatile, but certainly not any reason to to leave them leave them hanging off or in somebody's way. So I can help them out a little bit. I'd be more likely to do that. I'm not going to go chop it off without asking, but it's usually the advice I give. And what is your favorite hunt to go on? Uh, Elk for sure. I spend almost all of my time hunting elk in September here in Montana. Um, That being said, I think my best hunt that I've ever been on was actually just this year with my daughter's first deer, uh, deer rifle hunt that a buddy of mine got me on. Place where I could get her to, and you know that's probably the 
the best hunt I've ever had as far as the most satisfying getting her to get involved. She's 12, so it's her first year out. And, uh, you know, that's been the most satisfying, but most of my time is spent, I say chasing bugling bulls, but honestly, most of my time spent just looking for bugling bulls and then <laughs> chasing when I can. That's Usually why the bino help. harness. That's why the bino harness yep. is so important. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think I spend more time listening to wolves howl than I do elk bugling, but it's uh, that's the goal, I guess. And how about fishing? Do you have a go-to water or stream or fish you go after? Um, you know, it's the. I spend most of my time here uh, fishing the Madison or the Yellowstone over by Livingston. You know, a little bit on the Gallatin here, close. That's actually closer to home, but uh, most of my time spent over there. My favorite though is still hiking into the high mountain lakes around there again, or small streams. One of my my favorite fishing areas is you know, almost 20 miles into the backcountry and fishing small streams that don't don't get a lot of pressure and you know still catch fish and uh, i'm not like i said earlier i'm not that skilled so it's, it's fun to go out and find an area where i can actually catch a lot of fish and have a good time so that's probably my favorite backcountry type fishing yeah i have the same situation going on <laughs> yeah, a lot of us do I, mean, I have friends that'll catch fish in a mud puddle but i certainly am not that guy so yeah it's and, more uh, about the effort <laughs> yeah yeah, they, they look good doing it, but I, I'd rather go out, even if I'm a little sloppy and catch a lot of fish and have a good time. It's, uh, it's definitely definitely where it's at for me. It's just hard getting time to get out there now. So Now, say you ever do get time to get out of the office more and this business is taking off. Is there a dream hunt you'd want to go on? You know, I, I've always wanted to do uh, like a caribou moose hunt with my bow. That's probably my dream hunt. I like the idea of chasing sheep as well, but I think caribou, there's something about caribou. Uh, watch, you know, I've seen a lot of shows where they're hunting the migration and, uh, up on the tundra and just seems like a lot of cover and glassing and getting in the right place at the right time. And I have a hard time sitting still. So I think for me, it would be a lot of, it'd be a lot of fun trying to spot and stock and get in ahead of them and, kind of play the strategy game so something i've never done but would love to do and just something about the look of a caribou i think they're they're just you know i'm used to elk here so it's just they look really cool to me and i think it'd be good out cool to get out and chase them yeah they always look good on a wall yeah absolutely they don't have any have any fur on the walls i just got europeans now so i think that would be a need to do a shoulder mount once i get that done yeah, that, that'd always be a good one. If you had a choice of anything you would do over again when starting this company, what would it be? You know, it would be probably recognizing where it was headed early on and getting ahead of it. I feel like I've played catch up for a long time. I had a production company. I've, I've switched production companies around a little bit and I had a production company that was pretty they were having their own issues, I guess I'll just say that. And so my my inventory and my quality in my mind suffered. I know the inventory suffered. I'm still getting good reviews about the quality, but I'm one of those perfectionists. So it's, if it's not perfect, it's it's not good enough. And 
for a long, I won't say a long time. I had a couple batches in there that weren't exactly up to my standard and people still loved them. So that's good. But I'd say getting out ahead of it, getting that inventory up, maybe switching production companies earlier on. Uh, Cause I had a run there where a lot of my gear was pretty unique. And when I couldn't fill the void, uh, you know, fill the demand, I guess uh, the other companies started doing that and, you know, can't blame them, I guess, for seizing the opportunity, but that's, I guess, looking back where I wish I would have made that leap early on. Was it a tense moment holding your breath, sending out ones you didn't feel like you were fully, fully faithful on? Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I still have boxes of stuff here that I don't, it's not something I, I want to send out and put my name on. So I keep thinking I need to schedule a a day where I open it up to the public and you have a garage sale of sorts. And I know some of the other companies will do that for seconds. And um, I have literally corner of the little warehouse here, just full of stuff ready to go. We're having a giveaway. <laughs> I know. I got lots of this stuff. Um, and a lot of it, you know, I bring it out. I'll have people stop by the shop here. Like I said, we're not really, we don't have a storefront. So, um, people make appointments and stop in and they ask about seconds and we'll pull out the boxes and they're like usually dumbfounded as to why this is in the seconds box. You can't find anything wrong. For me, it's like I said, I'm a bit of a, bit of a perfectionist. So you know, I put, pull stuff aside, even if the camo pattern is a little too blotchy or, you know, something's on slightly crooked. You know, we have a few that are just crazy, you know, labels put on upside down or hooks, put on backwards stuff that's not functional but that's pretty pretty uncommon the uh you know the standard stuff that's in the box is stuff that you know there's a there's a little black mark on the inside somewhere that makes it look like it's used you know and occasionally we miss that stuff but we do a pretty good job picking through it and you know i just pull it aside and figure one of these days i'll have a have a sale and clean it out so that's uh so i wasn't too too upset about some of that stuff um i was we did have a run of the material the the lining material came in the production company was getting different runs of it that obviously had been coated differently and i didn't notice it here in the shop and i started getting some feedback from people that it was really loud and crackly especially when it was cold you know obviously not the best best situation when you're hunting no, and, no. And, uh, so you know it was one of those things i was like no i don't know what they're talking about this stuff's not bad and I, then i went and put it in my freezer and realized that holy crap this stuff is really you know sounded like like newspaper getting crumpled so that that scared me you know i, I realized luckily i didn't have a ton of them out but i had you know a fair number of them out i was like wondering how i was gonna deal with that and so far you know, I've had a few of them come back or I've had a few people swap them out or, or, uh, quite honestly, most of the guys tell me they, they've found a way to make it work themselves. And, but, you know, in reality, it's, it's surprising. I mean, I get very few returns. I get very few complaints. Um, you can't make everybody happy, but it's, I do my best and I, and I actually like to hear the feedback from people as long as they're constructive about it and you'll say that, you know, here's what I would change or here's an idea if you thought of this. And like I said, we're a nimble enough company that we're able to 
we find some something good that's doable as far as you know affordable then then i can make the switch and make it happen so it's been nice in that respect you know you, that would be a tough sell to people like hey here's a great new feature this is going to sound like crumply newspaper when you take your binoculars <laughs> out yeah no and like i said that was a weird one because it, it looked the same as the previous fabric and we even got batches of it in that were a mix you had to go through and actually figure out which ones were which and it was just the coating on the back of the fabric that I think was different. And even the production company wasn't aware of it. Um, and they, you know, they had to do the same thing. They cut up pieces off, put it in the freezer and realize, okay, well, that's the bad one. So, you know, quit using it. And, and, and we got enough complaints. So the liner used to be kind of a, uh, ripstop nylon material. And that's what we were having inconsistency with. Mm. And I liked it. It was designed like that because it was, easy in and out it's not a sealed uh, binocular case design so i liked the fact that it didn't absorb water you could it didn't collect dust you could blow it out real quick if you did get dust in there and you know that's how it was designed we had enough complaints about that nylon you know it'd be similar to uh you know puffy jacket material with binoculars coming in and out being louder than a fleece or something like that mm-hmm. and so you know in the last probably Two years now, we've we've swapped over to a microfiber lining, and it was one of those. Was, it's certainly much quieter and more consistent. You know, we have a good source for it. Uh, my concern was that it was going to be, you know, uh, absorb more moisture, more more dirt. Um, but quite honestly, I've been running them for two years, and I don't think I've had a single complaint yet from a customer about that. So it's been a good switch and certainly decrease the number of emails we try and answer about about it being louder than average so it's been good if say you were to give some someone thinking about going into business for themselves a piece of advice what would Hmm. it be that's a good question i've actually it's funny because it it amazes me that people still ask me business advice i've been a cop for 20 years they don't exactly teach teach you business when you do that um, this has all been learning, trial and error. I'm, I'm lucky in that I have a decent group of people around me that I can ask advice from. And quite honestly, it's I don't I don't know that I'd even be the the guy to answer that question. You know, I can I can give when I've been asked that question, I give the people the the mistakes I've made and you know suggestions on maybe jumping all in. Uh, that that's probably the biggest thing I noticed when I was doing custom work, I was making enough money to pay for my materials and not even close to enough money to pay for my time. And once I finally did reach out to somebody for help in production, that's, you know, now all I have to do is take it out of the box, quality check it again and put it in a box. That's when I actually started making enough money to roll into the business and and i'd say that's been the blessing and the curse is that you know being that i've had a day job i have that ability to roll everything that i make back into the business you know i I took a small loan at one point to do some equipment upgrades but paid it off in two months and then you know i'm running in the black again And, and so that's been 
like I said, the blessing and the curse part of it is that, you know, everything we make rolls right back into the business. The curse is I have two jobs and I don't have time to do everything I want to do. So, yeah, I don't know. I know I didn't really answer your question because uh, it's certainly not my area of expertise, but I've made a lot of mistakes and, and learned a few things the hard way. <laughs> Probably one of the biggest mistakes I made was, you know, partnering up with a company and, and not getting anything on paper. And they basically decided they were going to take, they realized they could make what I was making cheaper overseas. And, you know, I kind of pride myself on keeping everything in the U S and, and they weren't, they didn't do that. And they took it overseas and, you know, I didn't have any recourse cause I didn't get anything on paper prior to that. So, so that would be the biggest yeah. mistake then so far. Yeah, probably so. Um, and then just not capitalizing the momentum I had early on when the other companies realized there was a, a niche there that wasn't being filled and I couldn't fill it. And they did. So, you know, they had the ability to get a factory overseas to make a flood the market with something similar. And, and you know, the quality's not there, but sometimes people are more interested in the price tag than the quality. And that's, that's been frustrating, I guess, but it's been, I kind of came to a decision where it just makes me more eager to make mine better and make it more usable and stay ahead of the curve. So that's, that's where I'm at these days. I had a, had a period where I was, you know, uh, always wondering what the other guy was doing. And I finally reached a point where it doesn't matter what the other guy's doing and, I'll just make mine the best one out there and, and make it or at least the best one in my for what it's for. You know, I've actually sent people to other manufacturers when they, they call and say, Here here's what I want and you know, that I wanna add this and I wanna add this and I want you know, ways to make this carry all this stuff and I'll send them to a competitor because that's not not what mine is about. So I'd rather they go buy that what's gonna work for them than, than buy something from me and not have it work. Well, they sell backpacks. There are a lot of well, backpacks out there. <laughs> the big pouch, I, I, you know, they make quality stuff. I just, it's not what I want to carry personally. And, and um, it's been, uh, you know, but I send people to them all the time when they ask for a way to carry all that stuff and say, yeah, I think you're looking for this. So try those out. And if, if you don't like them or you want to try mine out, come back and we'll certainly help you. And where can people who are interested in some of these awesome vinyl harnesses or fishing chest packs get a hold of them or you? Uh, Well, so I've got, we do pretty much all direct direct to consumer um, here at FHFgear.com. I do long ago, probably, well, the very first little local show I ever did, I I was approached by Russ. uh, He runs a, a booth called Badass Outdoor Gear, and he travels around all the shows, and he sells, you know, Solomon shoes and and some of the other uh, Everly stocks and and Badlands packs, and he sells pretty high quality gear. And he he approached me one day and said, you know, are you interested in having us sell this? And I told him, you know, my margins aren't great. I'm not going to make a lot, and you're not going to make a lot, but it's a good way for me to get it in people's hands at different shows. So he started doing that for me. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how long he's he's willing and able to do that, and you know how long I'm 
able to do that for him. But so that's probably the easiest place because he's at all the shows, the total archery challenges. Uh, he was at Western Hunting. I went down there and hung out in the booth for a while. Otherwise, locally here in Bozeman, I have one bow shop who used to be a roommate in college, and he's willing to put it in his shop and take pretty slim margins on it. And it's nice because those guys are able to say they're kind of the exclusive place you can get it. So otherwise, it's all online. And what is the Instagram and Facebook account? Uh, so Instagram, mine is just at FHF gear and Jen, she's, like I said, she's kind of the brain of the operation in my book, but at FHF gear, uh, underscore Jen and we'll kind of do possible or uh, product announcements and updates there. And then we at Facebook's just same thing, FHF gear. And I think that's pretty much all we're running here. Joking about signing up for Twitter this morning, actually. And it's going to take a lot for us to feel like I'm old now. I'm having trouble figuring out the uh, every place I need to be. But T- Twitter's so. tough. I actually deleted my Twitter. Yeah, I, I downloaded the app this morning and I signed up for it a long time ago and had a new phone and didn't even bother downloading the app. So I downloaded it again and I don't know if we'll even get into it. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Instagram fan. That's my yeah. go-to. And that's, we use 90% Instagram. We just took on a couple guys that are doing some, some, uh, I guess that's one thing I'd love to touch on. If you, if you got time, we have, of course we have emails daily, maybe not daily, but close to daily from people asking, you know, Hey, can we pro staff? Can you send us for a year? Can you do all this stuff? And it's, it's one of those things we don't have the stock to do that. I certainly don't have the, the, the budget to pay people and what we typically do is we you know we reach out to people on instagram we're tagging us in, in products just at or the hashtag fhf gear you know we finally found a couple guys that are we've, we've been watching for years and realized that these these two guys are super talented and so we took on a couple of guys kind of our first pro staffers so to speak and we're at a point where you know we're we're not really going to it's been interesting. I mean, Randy Newberg, Steve Vanilla, uh, Jason Matzinger, they're all wearing my harness and partially cause they all have ties to Bozeman and, you know, I've never paid him a dime and uh, Montana wild wears our stuff. Um, you know, it's for me, real life customers who are willing to give feedback and, and they love the product. They know the product and take good pictures. It means more to me, at least, both as a business, I guess, and as a consumer, when I'm looking at other packs, you know, I don't want or other gear, you know, I don't want the guy who's standing in front of the TV saying, this is going to kill you the biggest thing you've ever seen. You know, and I trust it with my life, you know, and he's getting obviously paid a fortune to say it. Um, you know, most of those guys don't hardly even ever mention my gear, but, and they've been, I would assume they've been offered money to wear other stuff. And it's just, it's nice for me to, have the the them have the confidence in in my gear to wear it and you know they're not getting paid to wear it they're actual customers and randy newberg showed up in my basement way back when and you know at that time i obviously knew who he was and offered to hand him one and uh he's like absolutely not i'm paying full price that way i'm not obligated to wear something i don't want to wear and he's he's done that 
for numerous things I've made for him. You know, it's, it's, that's a guy that I'd be happily, you know, give him some things. He's certainly made me money because of, of his name and reputation. And I think people trust him. And it's just, I don't know, it speaks to his character and that he's, you know, not going to be bought off by something he doesn't trust. So um, I was happy to see that. And I'm glad he's still wearing it, especially with, you know, some of his other sponsors making very similar stuff. So let's give your uh, new pro staff guys a shout out where, who, who can they follow on Instagram? Uh, let's see here. I want to make sure I get it right. Cause they use, uh, the one guy is, uh, his name's Rick Hutton. So I'm, I want to make sure I get his Instagram handle right. It is. So it's R Hutton, H-U-T-T-O-N Jr. So uh, R Hutton, J-R. That's uh, Rick Hutton. And then Signs West is the other guy. It's Signs underscore West. His name's Seth Morris. They actually went down there with me to uh, Salt Lake and a couple of younger guys, super helpful, um, really involved in Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Association and uh yeah, actually helped me make a lot of connections down there. I didn't know if they would even want to come, but they were great to have along and they were super appreciative Two really solid dudes. That's awesome. So follow them on Instagram, follow FHF gear and FHF underscore Jen on Instagram. And for any of you interested in purchasing one and you're looking for one online, head to FHFgear.com. Until next time, this has been the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. Live your life with vigor.